This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Rolene Marks, a very good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. It's not even 8 o'clock and what a flurry of activity this morning has already been. Yep, uh, it is It is a busy day and uh, obviously all eyes will be on at uh, The Hague. Do we know who from Israel is going? We don't know who is going from Israel, I would presume representatives of the foreign ministry, but what we do know is that, and this is this was reported by the Wall Street Journal, what we do know is that Israel unclassified about 30 documents, 30 army and war cabinets documents which they presented to the Hague that uh, dispels the allegations of genocide. It, it shows um, uh, military decisions, uh, war cabinet orders, which dispels the claims from the South African legal team of genocide. So we don't know what is in uh, that particular uh, cluster of documents because they were classified, but uh, I, I would imagine it would probably have something to do with uh, any decisions. And again, we always bring the Supreme Court into the these uh, kind of military decisions to to either abort strikes or to air, to mm, increase mm. humanitarian aid or to set up more humanitarian corridors. So we don't know exactly, but we can presume something along the lines of that. You know what I was thinking, <laughs> and it was just such a strange thought. I thought to myself, you know, a lot of the ICJ case was about Amalek and and how it's interpreted and i thought to myself you know if we need the Meforshim, if we need the uh, you know to do a real deep dive into analytics of our biblical texts uh, to determine this then I, it's pretty clear that there's no genocide because surely it would just simply depend on if people are being genocided and not an interpretation of who holds what um, about the meaning of Amalek. I mean, I know I'm, I'm making it absurd, but the whole thing is a, a bit absurd. The whole thing is absurd. And I think we, we we can read between the lines why South Africa has done this. This has got nothing to do with uh, being the moral conscience of the world or human rights. Because if it was about human rights and South Africa really wanted to be on the vanguard of protecting human rights, perhaps it would start in its own backyard and ensure that ordinary South Africans have access to basic needs and human rights. I mean, South Africa's rape statistics, murder statistics are, are through the roof. And then moving on from its own backyard, perhaps South Africa would venture a gaze into what is happening on the continent, especially with the genocide of Christians in, in countries like Nigeria and uh, the Sudan. 
So I think we know why South Africa is doing this. Uh, picking on the, the term Amalek, I mean, it, it's amazing. This legal team are, are all now Talmudic scholars, Howard. It's quite extraordinary how talented they mm, are, mm. Uh, you know, and, and, and also well accessorized uh, in their uh, scarves over there. You know, nothing, nothing says, you know, we're making a legal argument more than wearing a colorful scarf. Uh, which is very, very partisan. But uh, regardless of what happens today, uh, and I think that the Israeli team, and I'm not just saying that because I'm an Israeli, but I think the Israeli team, which presented its case extremely factually, uh, and as you and I discussed, did not make it about the September, I mean, the, the October the 7th uh, attacks. Um, uh, you know, it, it didn't go very, very heavy on footage, etc. from there, is uh, that we can hold our heads up high. We did the job that uh, we were meant to do, we presented, and I think regardless of what happens today, and, and to me the verdict is either going to come down to the the, the judges respecting the law, or it's going to be a political decision. And we hope for the well, sake, yeah, uh, not just of Israel, but for the sake of justice and for the sake of the court uh, continuing in the future, that those decisions are based on um, the law and it, what was presented. I, I think that it's not going to be based on the law because based on the law, uh, the case probably should have been thrown out because there wasn't a dispute and South Africa bungled that one uh, in terms of communication. So if, if the law was being applied, I think it should have been thrown out. But then they're going to be accused of saying, well, then, you know, why is the court there if it if it didn't even look at the, the matters? And so therefore, they won't, they will ignore that aspect of the law and they will look at the case. They can't tell Israel to stop, especially with negotiations happening, because by telling Israel to, by demanding a ceasefire, they are effectively sentencing the hostages to death. And they can't do that. And uh, of course, Israel wouldn't listen anyway, but that's aside from that. So therefore, they can't do that. Um, I think what they're simply going to do is demand more aid and humanitarian and Israel needs to exercise more caution and South Africa is going to hold their heads, hands above their head and say, see what we did for the Palestinians. But in reality, Israel's doing that anyway, and it's going to make no difference. So that is what I think is going to happen. I'd be quite surprised thinking about it if, if, if it doesn't. But we've been surprised before. Oh, we have been surprised before, so I think uh, everybody get out there. I'm a big believer in the power of prayer. Uh, let's pray for uh, a, a verdict that is just for Israel, that the court rule respects the law and uh, and rules in Israel's favour. Mm. What is happening with the hostage negotiation? Because all of this, unfortunately, is a diversion away from the real thing, which is that there are real people being held under the most appalling conditions in Gaza. Well, that's exactly it. Today is day 112. 112, let that sink in. Uh, I was watching an interview with Dr. Hagai Levine. He's one of the doctors on the medical team taking care of hostages 
explaining his concerns for the the, the, the physical condition of the hostages uh, and it is absolutely heart shattering and really, guys, I want to keep hearing you calling for the release of the hostages, especially in South Africa. Uh, South Africa bringing this ludicrous and, uh, to quote uh, President, uh, Secretary of State Blinken, this meritless and blood libel case against uh, the state of Israel. We've got over 130 hostages. We worry for the youngest hostages, Phil and Ariel. We, of course, are beside ourselves for the situation for the women. We know that uh, they are being sexually abused. Some of them may be pregnant. We don't have confirmation. Uh, and, of course, there's enormous worry uh, for them if, if they are. Uh, we know that some of the, the young males have been sexually abused. I, I can't even begin to comprehend the trauma around that. We know that there are several elderly over the age of 70. Uh, we are petrified for their situation. This is very, very real. So we seem to have a lot of conflicting messages about negotiations. We do know that um, Qatar are very involved. Uh, they say despite uh, criticisms, they're going to focus on, on the hostages. We do know that uh, Hamas turned down the opportunity for a two-month ceasefire. I just want to uh, just remind everybody of what I just said. Hamas turned down the opportunity for a two-month ceasefire. So all of those out there, and I know that Gary Guy that you spoke to yesterday, all those squawking about ceasefires, ceasefires now, just remember who turned down the opportunity for a uh, for a ceasefire. Uh, negotiations still underway for a one-month ceasefire. Uh, of course, Hamas object to our uh, demand that their senior leadership be exiled from the Gaza Strip. They don't want that. Uh, what they want is for uh, increased humanitarian aid. Israel has said there are no limits to humanitarian aid that will go in, and uh, they want to stay in the Gaza Strip. Israel's demands are uh, you get exiled, we want our hostages back, and we want Hamas dismantled. Uh, that is uh, that is exactly what it should be, but uh, who uh, who knows how this is going to play out? Can we just talk about what is happening in the north? Because there's definitely a lot of movement. Uh, we saw a deal being done between the United States and Israel yesterday, significant military deal. Uh, I would imagine that's all about uh, Hezbollah and Iran. Well, very much so. Uh, trying to calm down temperatures in the north. Uh, you know, Israel has been fighting uh, what we will call a low-intensity war in the north. Uh, a lot of anti-tank uh, missiles fired, uh, rockets fired towards Israeli positions in the Strip. We do not want uh, another war on our northern border. Uh, and so there has been a lot of shuttle diplomacy deployed in the last uh, couple of days to try and calm down the situation. As we know, Hezbollah, also a proxy of, of the Iranians, uh, very, very busy 
uh, in firing towards Israeli positions. We also want a situation of complete calm and quiet so that the internal refugees, we can't forget the internal refugees in the state of Israel can return to their homes. And, uh, and uh, how close is that from happening? We haven't had any major reports coming in, but we do know that negotiations are underway. And uh, in terms of the uh, final question is in terms of the Houthis uh, in Yemen, are we seeing any progress happening on that front? Well, funny enough, we are seeing reports that China are now appealing to Iran to, to calm down the Houthis. Uh, we have seen the UK and the US ramp up their attacks on Houthi positions, also increase the amount of sanctions against uh, the Houthis. This disrupts uh, shipping um, parts for the entire world. It's, it's, mm. it's not just mm. about Israel. The Houthis, of course, say they're only attacking uh, Israel-bound ships. We know this to be false. Uh, but efforts being made there to try and calm down the Houthis in Yemen. So never dismiss them as uh, some lunatics in a dinghy, as somebody dismissed them. These are highly, highly trained individuals, trained by the Iranians and another Iranian proxy. So what we are seeing effectively is Iran fight its war with Israel on multiple fronts. We have, of course, the physical front, Houthis, Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, we have the legal arm in the court of the International Court of Justice using South Africa as a, uh, a legal proxy of Hamas. This has got absolutely nothing to do with South Africa all of a sudden wanting to be the moral conscience of the world. And we have the propaganda war. And here I want to appeal to people again, be very careful of news you share news you consume because we are dealing with a highly highly sophisticated enemy that knows how to fight propaganda better than anyone indeed Roline marks thank you as always wishing you a fantastic weekend a peaceful weekend a shabbat shalom and we'll catch you on monday morning that israel report was brought to you by the blue agency your israel property is in good hands Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Oh,